take our Bibles tonight and turn together to the Old Testament book of Ruth. Ruth chapter number 3 is where we'll find our place tonight. And uh, there's a lot uh, that, that has gone on in the book of Ruth, and it's been a few weeks since we've been here in this particular passage of Scripture, this, or this book of the Bible, I should say. But uh, we find much of God's grace and goodness extended to Ruth and, uh, and her being a foreigner. She was a Moabitess. We find that God made a way for her to, become, uh, to come in line with, uh, with, uh, with the children of Israel. Married Boaz, at the end of the book, they were given a little baby boy. The Bible says in chapter 4, in uh, verse number 17, and the, woman, uh, and the women, her, her neighbors, gave it a name, saying, There is a son born to Naomi, and they called his name Obed. And he is the father of Jesse, the father of David. And uh, we find just how good God is. If we ever question the goodness of God, uh, all we need to do is look at the Word of God, and He shows us how faithful He is. And the reality is none of us deserve the goodness of God. Uh, the only thing that you and I deserve is, is hell. But I'm thankful that Jesus loves us, that He died in our place, paid for our sins, and brought us into the family, and has given us eternal life, salvation by grace through faith in Him. Uh, this book is, is a tremendous book. In chapter 2 and verse 16, we find the key verse, which we'll read here momentarily. But what a sad story. The beginning of the book, the first half of the book, is very, is very sad. There's a lot of heartache, a lot of, a lot of sadness. Uh, there's, but in the midst of all of this, we see, we see the blessing of God and the goodness of God extended to these ladies who, who had really gone through it. You know, we find that, that Elimelech, Naomi's husband, left Bethlehem uh, because of the famine. They went to Moab to find bread. And uh, the Bible tells us that Elimelech died there. And their two boys um, re- are married. And uh, then they passed away. And Naomi was left alone as a widow indeed. And her two daughters-in-law remained with her. And and after time, she decided that she was going to go home back to Bethlehem because she heard that God had visited them and that there, was, that there was bread in the land. And as she traveled back, she looked at her daughters-in-law uh, and she said, hey, just, just go home. You, know, you, don't, you all don't have to follow me. Uh, just go back to your family, to your kindred. You know, find a husband, get married, and live life. But that was not the conclusion that Ruth had. In chapter 2 and verse 16, we read the key verse. The Bible says, And Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave thee, or to return from following after thee. For whither thou goest, I will go. And where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God my God. And what a profound statement she made in the heart of faith, a heart of resolve, as she went back to, to, uh, to Bethlehem, a place that she had never been, to a people she had never known. Why did she do that? Well, because of her faith. Notice the last statement of the verse. She said, and my God, or thy God, my God. And we find that God honored Ruth's faithfulness. As, she, as they went back, of course, the city came out to greet them, and, and, um, and, and Naomi rehearsed uh, the sadness of her life. She said, don't call me Naomi, call me Mara. And she was, she was bittered by what, the, by what things had taken place in her life. And these two ladies there in Bethlehem were poor. They had nothing. But we find God's faithfulness even in the beginning of the barley harvest at the end of chapter number 1. 
and how, how Ruth went to glean and to glean in the fields, and she just happed upon the field of Boaz. And he took an interest in her, showed her kindness, gave her many promises of provision and protection, and, and he even told his, his workers to, to give her some handfuls of purpose. And we find the goodness of God even in the midst of hardship. But if you're able this evening, I invite you to stand with me as we read here in chapter 3 of the book of Ruth. We're going to read all of the, all the chapter, all 18 verses here tonight. But notice what the Bible says beginning in verse number 1 of Ruth chapter number 3. Then Naomi, her mother-in-law, said unto her, My daughter, shall I not seek rest for thee, that it may be well with thee? And now is not Boaz of our kindred, with whose maidens thou wast? Behold, he went with barley tonight in the threshing floor. Wash thyself therefore, and anoint thee, and put thy raiment upon thee, and get thee down to the floor. But make not thyself known unto the man, until uh, he shall have done eating and drinking. And it shall be, when he lieth down, that thou shalt mark the place where he shall lie, and thou shalt go in, and uncover his feet, and lay thee down, and he will tell thee what thou shalt do. And she said unto her, All that thou sayest unto me I will do. And she went down into the, into the floor and did according to all that her mother-in-law bade her. And when Boaz had eaten and drunk and his heart was merry, he went to lie down at the end of the heap of corn. And she came softly and uncovered his feet and laid her down. And it came to pass at midnight that the man was afraid and turned himself, and behold, a woman lay at his feet. And he said, Who art thou? And she answered, I am Ruth, thine handmaid. Spread therefore thy skirt over thine handmaid, for thou art a near kinsman. And he said, Blessed be thou of the Lord, my daughter, for thou hast showed more kindness in the latter end than at the beginning, inasmuch as thou followest not young men, whether poor or rich. And now, my daughter, fear not, I will do to thee all that thou requirest, for all the city of my people doth know that thou art a virtuous woman. And now it is true that I am thy near kinsman, howbeit there is a uh, kinsman nearer than I. Tarry this night, and it shall be in the morning, that if he will perform unto thee the part of a kinsman, well, let him do the kinsman's part. But if he will not do the part of a kinsman to thee, then will I do the part of the kinsman to thee, as the Lord liveth. Lie down until the morning. And she lay at his feet until the morning, and she rose up before one could know another. And he said, let, let it not be known that a woman came into the floor. Also he said, Bring the veil that thou hast upon thee, and, and hold it. And when she held it, he measured six measures of barley, and laid it on her, and she went into the city. And when she came to her mother-in-law, she said, Who art thou, my daughter? And she told her all that the man had done to her. And she said, These six measures of barley gave he me, for he said to me, Go not empty unto thy mother-in-law. Then said she, Sit still, my daughter, until thou know how the matter will fall, for the man will not be in rest until he hath finished the thing this day. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your for your word and and Lord for its truth and, and the help that it gives even uh, even tonight. And and Father, we pray as a church family this evening for your blessing upon the word. Lord, as we open it, Father, we've already read the text here this evening, and 
And Father, our prayer is that you'd open our eyes and give us greater insight and understanding into the truth of your word. Father, we, we pray that you'd speak to our hearts and challenge us and help us. Lord, provide for us what we need. Lord, feed us, we pray. Lord, we, we thank you so much for, for your blessings and, and what you've done already today. And we ask that you would continue that work here tonight. Lord, help us walk away from this encouraged and, and helped, Lord, and strengthened in our walk with you. But Father, we love you, and, and we ask all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. If you're in the habit of marking things in your Bibles, I'd like to draw your attention to what the Bible says in verse number 1. In verse number 1, we find the words of Naomi, a concerned mother-in-law. As she looks at Ruth and sees her devotion and her kindness and, and everything that she had left behind. Remember, she could have stayed in the land of Moab. She could have gone home to her parents and, and found another man to marry and, and have been taken care of, perhaps, so we don't know. But those were all the possibilities that Ruth had for her life. And as Naomi looks at her and sees everything that she had left and all the possibility that she had left behind, she is moved in her heart and she looks and she sees this, this wonderful, uh, devoted woman and she wants more for her than what she has. According to verse number 1, she wants Ruth to have rest. She wants Ruth to have a home. She wants Ruth to have a place. Look there in verse number 1. Notice the expression, rest for thee. Rest for thee. As, I, as we sit here tonight and, and contemplate the truth of God's Word, I'm convinced in my heart that God wants all of us to have rest. We, we live in a very chaotic world, do we not? Uh, there are many struggles, there are many trials in life, there are many issues that we face, and uh, the commotion, the chaos of life that, that work to steal our rest, that, that the turmoil gives unrest or an uneasiness, uh, the, the turmoil, the unrest of life causes us to move away from the place of rest that God has provided so graciously for us in our relationship with His Son. We forget and we become worried and fearful and fretful over a great many things. The rest that, that Christ died to give us almost becomes lost or unknown, forgotten about in the chaos of life. The word rest here in verse number one, it means one of two things. It means quiet. <laughs> we like quiet, don't we? Isn't it nice to just be alone and enjoy quiet? My wife asks me, why do you like to go hunting for? Well, for one of two reasons. I like to shoot deer. Guilty, you know. But I just like to be out in the quiet. I love the peacefulness. Do you enjoy the peacefulness of God's creation? You can go to a place and, and you, can, you can hear so vividly the birds, the animals rustling in the, in the grass and the leaves. Sometimes when we go on vacation, we get up early and, you know, if the Lord allows us, we go walk on the beach where when early enough where there's nobody out there, 
but you can just hear the waves crashing on the beach. Just peaceful. Don't we long for peacefulness? You know, so we, we are so overwhelmed by by the madness of life at times. We need, we need rest. We need that quietness. But there's also another, another meaning to this word. Not only does it mean quietness, but it also refers to a place. A spot. A home, if you would. Yes, she needed quietness. But she also needed a home. She needed someone that was going to take care of her. A place where she would no longer have to worry about what she was going to do for food. You know, what she was going to, how she was going to survive. She needed a place. She needed someone to to care for her. She needed rest. We so oftentimes we become so overwhelmed with, with what is taking place in life that we miss out on the rest that Christ has provided. Turn in your Bibles, if you would, please, to the New Testament book of Matthew, the Gospel according to Matthew in chapter number 11. Christian, is is your heart full of turmoil? Is there there a a restlessness in your life or an uneasiness? Are you looking for more that you can never seem to find? We need not look any further than Jesus Christ. We consider what our Lord says in Matthew chapter 11. Notice beginning in verse number 25. The Bible says, At that time Jesus answered and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent and hast revealed them unto babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in thy sight. All things are delivered unto me of my Father, and no man knoweth the Son but the Father, neither knoweth any man the Father save the Son. And he to whomsoever the Son will reveal him. And he says this, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Christian, interestingly enough, there is only one person who can offer genuine rest. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ, because of who He is. Rest only comes via relationship with Christ. There is no other way to have rest outside of a relationship with Jesus Christ. Many people strive or they look for rest, and and oftentimes they, they will stop at nothing until they find it. But just imagine how much they compromise to get something that they can never truly have. We think of all that that Christ has afforded unto His children. And this evening, I'd like to share with you three simple lessons as we seek rest. The first truth that we find is submission to the process. Submission to the process. Look back in Ruth, in chapter number 3. There's a process by which uh, Ruth entered into this rest. You know, we live in a society that, that wants to forfeit the process. We all want the end product, don't we? I want rest. I want joy. I want peace. I want satisfaction. I want purpose in life. I want all of these things, but I don't want the process involved. 
Yes, I'm a millennial. Right? But we think of everything that, don't laugh at me, it's true. I, I try not to behave like one. Uh, but there's a process, isn't there? There's a process that the Lord unfolds here in His Word. A process that Ruth submitted herself to. Look what the Bible says again in verse number 1 of Ruth chapter 3. It says, Then Naomi, her mother-in-law, said unto her, My daughter, shall I not seek rest for thee, that it may be well with thee? And now is not Boaz of our kindred, with whose maidens thou wast? Behold, he went with barley tonight in the threshing floor. What was Naomi's objective? She's going to get Ruth married off. Right? That's, that's the objective. You're going to get married. I'm going to fix you up. I'm going to play matchmaker uh, here tonight, and, and you're going to marry Boaz. But it was, there was an interesting dynamic to all of this. You know, According to the law of God, Ruth had to marry the kinsman in accordance with the law of God. There was a process, and, and, and Naomi was helping her navigate her way through the process. Listen, this is going to come about a certain way, but you've got to do it the right way. You've got to do it the Lord's way. And may I say that's the process that we must submit ourselves to? Uh, we, we live in a society today that has developed all kinds of processes, all kinds of procedures and programs in the quote-unquote Christian life, to the neglect of the process that God has clearly laid out for us here in His Word. We've abandoned the book in, in, in an endeavor to, to do things our way, yet please God. Is it possible to please God and do things our own way? A big fat negative, right? It's impossible. Why, like Jesus says, why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things I say? He says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And his commandments are not grievous. They're not, they're not here to hurt you or harm you. The, the Word of God is life. The Word of God is peace. The Word of God, is, the Word of God brings joy to the heart of the Christian man or woman as they seek to obey the counsel of God. And we find here tonight that, that Ruth submitted herself to the process. Notice what the Bible says in verse 3. It says, Wash thyself therefore, and anoint thee, and put thy raiment upon thee, and get thee down to the floor. But make not thyself known unto the man, until he shall have done eating and drinking, and it shall be when he lieth down, that thou shalt mark the place where he shall lie. And thou shalt go in and uncover his feet and, and lay down, and, and he will tell thee what thou shalt do. Who's going to tell her what she needs to do? Boaz is going to tell Ruth what she has to do. Where do the instructions come from? Well, they come from, from Boaz, but how does she get there? Well, she has to submit herself to the process. Look what she says in verse number 5. And she said unto her, these are the, the words of Ruth to her mother-in-law, Naomi, all that thou sayest unto me, I will do. She submitted herself to the process. Christian, have you submitted yourself to the process? We want, so oftentimes, we, well, I want, I want to know what God has for me. We don't submit ourselves to the process. If we fail to submit ourselves to the authority of God and His Word, guess what? He's, you're never going to know what God wants you to do. You can't know. 
But Ruth looked at her mother-in-law and understood her love for her. After all, Naomi had, uh, Ruth had left everything to follow Naomi. She made the statement back again in chapter 2 and verse 16, and, and entreat me not to leave thee or to return from following after thee, for, for whither thou goest, I will go, and whither thou, where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God my God. And they had endeared, she had endeared herself to, uh, to, to Ruth. And she watched Ruth get up and go out every day and glean in the fields. And she thought, you know, I want better for her. Christian, do you realize that God wants better for you? He came that we might have life. We might have it more abundantly. He has come to give you rest. He's come to give you peace in the midst of all the chaos of life. You can have it. Great peace have they who love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. We have to submit to the process. We have to submit ourselves to the Word of God. We must submit ourselves to the authority that God has given us here in the Scripture. Look what the Bible says in verse 6. And she went down under the the floor, and notice the next expression, and did according to all that her mother-in-law bade her. To what extent am I to submit myself to the process? Do you think it made a lot of sense for Ruth to go in, and I, I, you know, I'm not an ultra expert on Old Testament Jewish law and the law of the kinsmen, but that had to be pretty humbling. Let me go in to a man that I barely know and lay down at his feet. <laughs> Let me get under his coat here, you know, <laughs> and just rest at his feet. Are you sure? Well, do you want rest or not? Do you want a home or not? Do you want the life that God has promised you or not? The Bible says that she did according to all that her mother-in-law bade her. Christian, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. That's a promise. We've got to obey. We've got to submit ourselves to the process that God has given to us. The Bible says in verse 7 of Ruth chapter 3, When Boaz had eaten and drunk, and his heart was merry, he went to lie down, at the end of the heap of corn, and she came softly and uncovered his feet and laid her down. She submitted to the process. Do you want peace? Christian, got to submit to the process. But notice the second truth that we find here, the second lesson that we learn. Not only is there submission to the process, but we also have to have a commitment to character or a commitment to God. It would probably be better stated, a commitment to God. How is your commitment to God? Are you committed to God? Ruth was, she was devoted to her God. You say, Pastor, how do you know? Look what is said about Ruth here in these next verses. Look what the Bible says beginning in verse 8. 
And it came to pass at midnight that the man was afraid and turned himself. And behold, a woman lay at his feet. That'd be kind of startling, wouldn't it? I went to sleep. Nobody was here. I wake up. There's a lady at my feet. What's going on? Right? He was afraid. He turned himself and he says, and he says to verse number nine, Who art thou? And she answered, You know, sometimes I. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta think of how things really. Did he say it so like gradual, like so nonchalant? Hey, who are you? Who are you? You know, what are you doing here? Right? And he said, Who art thou? And she answered, I am Ruth, thine handmaid. Spread therefore thy skirt over thine handmaid, for thou art a near kinsman. And he said, Blessed be thou of the Lord, my daughter, for thou hast showed a more kindness in the latter end than at the beginning. Notice, inasmuch as thou followest not young men, whether poor or rich, you're not just you're just not out there running around. Right there, you've got there's some there's some qualities about you, Ruth, that that are exemplary. Notice what else the Bible says in verse 11. And now, my daughter, fear not, I will do to thee all that thou requirest, for all the, the city of my people doth know that, notice, thou art a virtuous woman. May I say that her character was more of a reflection than her faith in God, than anything else. So oftentimes we, we think of people that, and, and I know people that, that good uh, Christian folks that, that are, are out there, they're trying to, to advance, they're trying to, uh, to gain something in life that they think will make them happy, but they give up so much to get it. In order to, to make a dollar, they sacrifice their morals. In order to advance or to get a promotion, to get some type of recognition, they, uh, they, they soil their character. They, they forfeit their name. A good name is rather to be have than what? Great riches. We think of all the, the character that, that we give up in an effort to, to receive or to gain something, some type of worldly safety net. Well, if I, if I can just earn so much more money, then I'll be set. I'll be okay. I'm trying to find rest here, right? I'm trying to, uh, to get what the world tells me will give me rest. What does the world tell you that will bring rest? A bigger house? A larger retirement? You know, a better paying job? These are the things that the world says, hey, this is, this is where you're safe. But Christian, that's not where you're safe. We're safe with the Lord. We think of everything that, that Joseph did in the Old Testament, the book of Genesis. Remember, as he was sold into slavery and placed in the house of Potiphar and, and made a, basically the governor of Potiphar's house, he had everything at his disposal. And he, and he, had, he had more privilege than any than anybody else in the entire house. And Potiphar's wife took a liking to him and made several advances at him and insomuch that she that she laid hold upon him and he fled and he left his coat in her hands as he ran out of the house. I've heard it said that Joseph left his coat but he kept his character. 
Christian, we, don't, we ought not forfeit our character. We ought not forfeit our integrity for something that the world can never truly give. See, see Ruth, she was, she was devoted to her God. She purposed to live a certain way. This is the way, the Word of God says, walk ye in it. Turn not from the right hand, nor to the left. And Christian, we must, we must press toward the mark for the price of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. With the, the commitment that the Apostle Paul had for to me to live as Christ and to die as gain. No matter what takes place in my life, I'm going to serve the Lord. I'm going to honor Him with my life. And everybody knew Ruth. She had a great testimony, didn't she? She may not have had two pennies to rub together. But she had character. The Bible says in verse number 10 that she followed not young men, whether poor or rich. She wasn't out gallivanting around. There was no impropriety with Ruth. She had a certain character. The Bible goes on to say that she was a virtuous woman. But what does the Bible say about a virtuous woman? Turn your Bibles to, to, uh, to Proverbs chapter 31. Proverbs chapter number 31, we find the virtuous woman here. The Bible says in verse 10 of Proverbs 31, who can find a virtuous woman? For her price is far above rubies. As we, as we read through these verses, consider the testimony that Ruth had there with her mother-in-law the work that she displayed and exhibited with her life. The Bible goes on to say, the heart of her husband does safely trust in her so that, uh, that he shall have no need of spoil. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. She seeketh wool and flax and worketh willingly with her hand. She is like the merchant ships. She bringeth her food from afar. She riseth also while it is yet night and giveth meat to the to her household and a portion to her maidens. She considered the field and buyeth it with the fruit of her hands. She planted the vineyard. She, she girdeth her loins with strength and strengtheneth her arms. She perceiveth that, that her merchandise is good. Her candle goeth not out by night. She layeth her hands to the spindle and her hands hold the distaff. She stretcheth out her hand to the poor. Yea, she reacheth forth her hands uh, to the needy. She is not afraid of the snow for her household, for all her household are clothed with scarlet. She maketh herself coverings of tapestry. Her clothing is silk and purple. Her husband is known in the, uh, in the gates when he sitteth among the elders of the land. She maketh fine linen and selleth it. She delivereth girdles unto the merchant. Strength and honor are her clothing, and she shall rejoice in time to come. She openeth her mouth with wisdom, and in her tongue is a law of kindness. She looketh well to the ways of her household, and eateth not the bread of idleness. Her children arise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praiseth her. Many daughters have done virtuously, but thou excellest them all. Favor is deceitful, and beauty is vain. But a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. What is a virtuous woman? The Bible, there's a lot of things that describe the virtuous woman, but what is a virtuous woman? And verse 30 says, a woman that feareth the Lord. You want to find a virtuous woman? Look for a woman that's fearing the Lord. Ruth was a virtuous woman. She was one who feared the Lord. And thy God 
my God, were the statements of her life, the statements of her heart. And she was committed. Christians sometimes were committed to character, and, and I applaud people who are committed to do the right things, even when it's hard. But you know what? If we're just committed to God, it's all going to be fine. If I'm committed to God above my own personal preferences or ideologies or philosophies, everything's going to be fine. It's going to be okay. And Ruth, she was committed to more than her own character. She was committed to God. Notice the third lesson that we find here tonight. Back in Ruth, chapter number 3, we find that she was submitted to the process and committed to God. But the third lesson we find here is that of a finished work. A finished work. There's a lot that, go, that uh, can be said here. Looking down in verse number 14, the Bible says, And she lay at his feet until the morning. And she rose up before one could know another. And, and he said, Let it not be known that a woman came into the floor. Also, he said, bring the veil that thou hast upon thee, and hold it. And when she held it, he measured six measures of barley and laid it on her, and she went into the city. And when she came to her mother-in-law, she said, Who art thou, my daughter? And she told her all that the man had done to her. And she said, These six measures of barley gave he me. For he said to me, Go not empty unto thy mother-in-law. Notice what the Bible says in verse 18. Yes, we find that Boaz demonstrated great kindness to her. But notice the testimony of Naomi to Ruth concerning Boaz and what would be done. The Bible says, and she said, sit still, my daughter, until thou know how the matter will fall. Notice the man will not be in rest until he hath finished the thing this day. Do you want rest? Boaz is going to give you rest. He's going to finish it. That work has been set in motion, and that rest, what you, what you need, that place, that quietness, is going to be given you. It's going to be okay. Do you want the rest that God has for you? You can have it. Because Christ has finished the work. Turn your Bibles to Philippians chapter number 1 as we close tonight. Philippians chapter number 1. As you turn there, let me ask a question. Who finished the work? Was it Ruth that finished the work? No. Was it Ruth? Was it Naomi that finished the work? Or was it Naomi either? Who was it then? It was Boaz. Boaz is a type of Christ. He's the kinsman redeemer. He was qualified, able, and willing to redeem. We'll see that next week. We find here that, that Boaz finished the work. Aren't you glad that Christ finished the work? <laughs> he is set down. Oh, well, his last words on the cross were, It is finished! Right? I'm thankful that he finished the work. I'm glad that he rose from the grave. I'm thankful that he's alive forevermore. I'm thankful that he's seated at the right hand of the Father. I'm thankful that he ever liveth to make intercession for us. Why? Because he finished the work that he'd, set, that he'd started. You realize that at the moment of salvation, the Lord set in motion a work 
in our lives. He's, he's working on us. Look what the Bible says in verse 6 of Philippians chapter number 1. As Paul greets the Philippian Christians, he makes the statement, he says, being confident of this very thing, that, we, that he which hath begun a good work and you will perform it for the day of Jesus Christ. The Lord's still at work. He's working on us. He's working in our hearts. He's working in our lives. He's helping us grow in the grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He's helping us become more, more sanctified. He's helping us become more surrendered. He's helping us grow in our faith and trust in Him. Sometimes we think of the Christian life, you know, there are times in our Christian lives where we all struggle with worry and fear. There are times in our Christian lives where, where our hearts grow restless. Where the, at times we feel as if uh, we're hopeless and helpless. But the longer we, the longer we know the Lord, the more time we spend with Him, the more, more we grow in the Lord. You know what? He helps us. He reassures our hearts. He helps us understand that it's going to be okay. He helps us know Him better. The one who saved us from our sins gives us peace and rest each day as we learn to trust Him and live for Him by faith. Rest for Thee. Rest for Thee. As a husband and a father, I want rest for my family. I don't want my family to to be in turmoil or chaos or unsettled, fearful about anything. The Bible says be careful for nothing. Prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known unto God. I want my wife to know that we can trust the Lord, come what may. I want my children to understand no matter how hard things become in life, no matter how chaotic or unknown, quote-unquote unknown, things are to us, that God is still, on, still in control. He's still on the throne. I May mean, I say as a pastor, I want you to understand that you can have rest. And it's not through me. And it's not necessarily through one another in this local church. It only comes through Christ. And maybe you're here tonight and, and your heart is overwhelmed. Maybe you're here tonight and you're just discouraged or, uh, or confused, uneasy about a great many things. Know this, that you can have rest. However, in order to do so, we must first submit ourselves to the process and remain committed to Christ, come what may. So long as we 
walk in the light of His Word and remain faithful to the Lord, He'll continue His work in our hearts. And He'll help us grow in our trust in Him. He's already finished the work of salvation, praise the Lord. But He's going to continue working on us to the day of redemption, the day of Jesus Christ. And until that day, I want to continue growing. I want to know Him better every day, don't you? I want to know the peace and the rest that He died to give us. Just think of it. In this world of constant turmoil, where there's no good news news headlines, there's always some problem going on, some sickness, some illness, some earthquake, some war, some rumor, some some uh, derogatory remark, some bickering, some complaining, some uh, defamation of, of character. There's always some bad news going on in society today. But in the midst of all the chaos, you and I can have rest. Even when things aren't going as planned, even in the midst of hardship and difficulty, we can have rest. It's not because of anything we've done. It's because of who Christ is. So let's just stay the course. Again, let's just submit ourselves to the process. We want the end product, don't we? We want the peace. Well, just do what God says. We want the peace. Well, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not on thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. Be committed to the Lord. Remain faithful to God. And allow the Lord to do the work. With their heads bowed and our eyes closed, in just a moment, will be dismissed in prayer. But I wonder how many of us here tonight would say, Pastor, would you please pray for me? I, in my life, in my heart, so oftentimes I have much unrest, so many worries, so many concerns. How many of you would raise your hand and ask, say, Pastor, would you please pray for me tonight? Is that you? May I pray for you? Yeah. It's easy become so distracted that we lose our peace, we lose our rest. Let's keep our eyes upon the Lord. How many of us here tonight say, Pastor, pray for me that God would help me be submitted to His process. Just remain committed to His Word. Be an obedient child. Walk in truth. Is that you? May, may I pray with you tonight? Amen. May God help us. Let's Commit to the process. How many many of us here would say, Pastor, pray for me that I would just be committed to God with it all, that I wouldn't sacrifice character or my morals for something the world can never give me, but that I would just remain true to God. Is that you? May I pray with you tonight? Amen. Let's fear the Lord, right? Let's trust in God. Let's fear Him. Let's be committed to Him. We all want that finished work. 
as I close in prayer tonight, I have kind of a different invitation this evening. I encourage you just to maybe kneel at your place and ask God, say, God, I need that peace. God, I need peace. My heart is overwhelmed. I'm worried about a great many things. I struggle with many things, and I'm tired of the turmoil, tired of the chaos. Lord, I give that to you tonight. Ask the Lord to to help you trust in Him. Ask God to help you walk in the light of His Word. Submit yourself to the authority of His Word. Obey what He says. Ask God to help you not sacrifice your character for some for something the world says will bring satisfaction and and safety, let's be committed to God. Let's fear the Lord. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word tonight. God, our heart's desire this evening is for peace and rest. Lord, (laughs) the world is so so wild at times that we lose sight of you, that we miss, that we lose, we forfeit the rest that you've given us in our relationship with Christ. Father, our prayer is that you would help us have rest even in the midst of all the turmoil and strife. Lord, help us tonight be submissive Submissive to the process. We, we want things our way, right away. Lord, that's not always how things work. It requires obedience. So God, help us be an obedient people. Help us be surrendered to your word. May you have your own way in our hearts and our lives. I mean, God, help us fear you always. May we be committed to you above anything else. Lord, just as Ruth was a virtuous woman, She had great character because she feared you. Lord, help us not sacrifice our character for the perception of worldly satisfaction. Lord, help us trust you for that finished work. Lord, that's the desire. You've you've promised us that that you would finish it, that you'd complete that work to the day of Jesus Christ. And so, Father, we, we ask you tonight for your grace and your help that you'd allow us, God, to enjoy that peace and that rest. Lord, give us safety tonight as we go home. And Lord, for this week, we ask for, for your strength and power upon our lives. Lord, help us walk in the Spirit, that we may not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Lord, I pray that you'd help us be a good testimony for you. Help us be fishers of men. Lord, I pray that you'd help us see you accomplish great and mighty things in our hearts and lives this week and in and through our families and in and through this local church. Father, we're thankful for what you've done already today. We pray that you'd continue that work and Lord, help us us be faithful. Lord, give us safety as we go home tonight. Bring us all back at the appointed time in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you all for being here tonight. You are dismissed. And uh, there, there is no choir practice this evening.
the song that we are going to sing next Sunday morning, we're going to postpone for the following week. So, Lord willing, as everybody gets back to full health, my wife will be here and we can have choir practice. Uh, we may practice briefly Thursday night following Bible study, just so we're ready for the opener on Sunday morning. But anyhow, praying for you all. You are dismissed.